I'm Sandhya Mendoza, and I'm going to tell you a story about something that all of you have seen or are using in your kitchen. I'm going to tell you a story about the pressure cooker, or rather, the story of a person who has made a billion-dollar company by making pressure cookers here in India. I found his story so interesting that I wrote a book about it. Disrupt and Conquer, How TTK Prestige Became a Billion Dollar Company. Let me tell you the story in the words of my co-author, Mr. Preeti Jagannathan, the chairman of the company. Incidentally, he's known as the kitchen king of India, but he's an accidental king. You need to come home now. The family business is collapsing. You have to come back and do something to save us. These unexpected words uttered on a beautiful day of 1972 by my father changed my life forever. It was certainly not the life that I had envisaged for myself. When armed with a gold medal from IIT Madras, I set out to live my dream in Cornell University. As things came to pass, I was pitched from the calm environs of a university campus into the roller coaster world of business. I vividly recall the day it all started. Cornell was at its best in the spring. I love Cornell any time of the year, but spring did put a pep in my step. I was just 24 years old, soon to get a master's degree in operations research, and I landed a great job when my parents came to visit. I met them at the small airport in Itaka. They stayed for a week in a hotel close to my apartment, as my mother thought my Paris was too filthy. The day before they were to leave for home, the three of us sat down for dinner. The conversation that followed changed the whole course of my life. Destiny takes us on paths that we have never imagined for ourselves. Enjoying a carefree life in America, I was far removed from the turmoil and chaos that had gripped the family 13,000 kilometers away in Madras. The family business that was started in 1928 by my grandfather, Titi Krishnamachari, was sinking. As we finished our meal, father told me, you need to come home now. The family business is collapsing. You have to come back and do something to save us. My first and incredulous reaction was, why is it in trouble? And why can't you or Papu, that's my older brother Ranganathan, handle it? I'd always assumed that as the eldest son of the family, Papu would take over the business from my father. This had influenced my choice of becoming an academic. But father said, he's not going to do that. You have to come and help. A second revelation followed. Papu had become an alcoholic and was in no condition to run the business. My younger brother Ranganathan was far too young at that time. I refused. I had never taken any interest in the business. I had not even visited one of the 20 factories that we had. I told father, I can't do that. I'm an engineer. What do I know about business or marketing or finance? If you can't solve the problems, how do you expect me to do that? 
father's reply cut to the heart he had joined the business when he was just 17 and had to deal with a series of crises now at 50 he was tired of it he didn't compel me to return when i refused to do so we are asking you to come it's up to you was all that he said my next move was to invite my parents to come and live with me in america i had just landed a job at the rand corporation and i would start work there after the summer holidays i was sure i would do well and be able to look after all of us i told them in all earnestness i am doing very well here and i can support you but father's reply was we owe a lot of money money that belongs to the depositors these people have put their life savings with us and there's no way i am going to leave the country and come away his attitude was very different from that of today's business people who up and leave their responsibilities escaping liabilities without a care for their employees father was clear that he wouldn't leave madras and the unpaid debts behind no we can't leave if you won't come that's it it seemed that there was nothing that i could do after that except return to india i realized that i could not keep refusing my parents request to return but i was also reasonably sure that whatever the problem was it could be sorted out without too much trouble and i would be able to go back to college i completed only two of the four years course for the doctorate that i had worked on man proposes but god disposes and i had to leave america without my doctorate 20 years later connell did give him a doctorate though i was so sure that i would return to the us that when i followed my parents to india i left all my belongings clothes bags and books back in the us i was optimistic that i would be able to figure out what's wrong help father tide over the crisis and have the business back on track how naive i had been to think that and how little i knew about the mountain of problems that lay ahead mr jagannathan says whatever he is today is because of the grounding that he got at the indian institute of technology madras iit madras defines who i am today as my experiences as a student there have influenced me the most and in a lot of ways for one i was brought up in a household where we children thought we were kings in iit nobody is king all your rough edges get smoothed off when you start living with people who treat you like they treat everybody else you start learning how to mix with people as an equal that was an important learning experience for me the second change was the move from an air conditioned room with a fancy bed to a small room with a steel cot i got used to that too many people can't handle the pressure and stress at iit i too struggled during the first 6 months and wanted to quit but my mother advised me to stick it out for a year at least i am very competitive and when i decided to heed my mother's advice i took to my classes like a duck to water i blossomed here until i came to the iit campus i had never come fast in anything though i was among the top scorers in school i topped my iit class that year and topped in all my five years on the campus after i scored 
the highest marks in class during the first two years, my mother made up her mind in the third year itself that I must get the gold medal in the final year. That did put pressure on me. I gave up playing the violin to focus on my studies. I was very fond of the instrument and I earned a diploma from the Trinity College of Music, London. I got a gold medal there too. But the violin is a very difficult instrument and requires regular practice. One can't play it intermittently. Before I joined IIT, I had to make up my mind as to whether I would continue with the violin or not. I chose academics over music. I thrived in the campus. From being an introvert, I became an extrovert and my leadership qualities were honed during my stints as general secretary of the student's body and captain of the tennis team. And in my final year, I did win the gold medal, much to my mother's joy. Having taken to campus life, I set my sights on America. I liked everything about academia and my plan had always been to become an academic and stay in the US as a professor. As teacher's salary, were very small back in India, even in IITs. What impressed me most about Cornell was its method of education, which was very different from those in Indian colleges and universities, including IITs. In India, they teach formulas, based on which you make calculations and work out the answer to the problem you're asked to solve. In the US, they want students to figure out the problem itself. Geniuses from India go to America to study because the Americans are very good at defining the problem that is to be solved. In Cornell, I learned the importance of defining a problem and this has helped me throughout my life. So let's see what he has to say after building a billion dollar company. Do I consider myself a lucky person? Yes and no. When Napoleon wanted to pick one or five generals to lead a battle, his advisor suggested the names of those who had won previous wars. Napoleon said, tell me who is the luckiest. That's whom I want. You need to have luck. Unfortunately, I have had it. Let me give you a couple of examples of luck. Paytm, the electronic payment company, was struggling for six years until the government demonetized the rupee in 2016. Then Paytm's business grew so much that Time magazine listed its founder, Vijay Shekhar Sarma, as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Is that luck or isn't that luck? Similarly, Sunil Bhatti Mittal, whom I used to know very well, got lucky. He owns Airtel. He was in the right place and at the right time. We were both in manufacturing. I was making pressure cookers while he was making landline telephones. He started by making a telephone called Beetle in Ludhiana, which was not a very big product. When the government opened up the telecom industry and invited applications for licenses, he moved from manufacturing to telecom services. He didn't invent the mobile phone, but by moving from manufacturing to providing mobile telephone services, he grew Bharti Airtel into a global telecommunications company. That's great timing. On the other hand, there was a phone manufacturer here in Bangalore who was even bigger than Beetle and had a Swedish collaboration. This company died because it was just making landline telephones and could not survive in the world of mobile telephony. 
I didn't have the kind of luck that Sharma and Mittal did, but I've had luck of a different kind, which has included a combination of logic, blessings, and self-belief. I had luck in the sense that I followed logic and did the right things accordingly. Now that doesn't necessarily lead to success. If luck is not with you, everything can fail. The most important factor in my success was my parents' blessings. My father supported all my decisions. And whenever I felt depressed, I would go talk to my mother who would say, you will pull it around, Jagu. Don't worry. I know you will pull it around. The blessings of my parents have seen me through. When Hanuman was interested with the task of finding Sita, he wondered how he would make it across the sea to Lanka. Jambavan told him, you don't know this, but if you leap, you can cross the sea. Similarly, my mother used to tell me constantly, you can do it. And I was able to do what I did. I have three simple rules for running a business. Get down to the office every day. Look at the details. Don't look at the big picture. Look at the small picture. The big picture will look after itself. Apply your common sense and not just what you read in your textbooks. It's important that you get to work every day and you look at the details because it's in the detail where you lose money. You only have to look at our own businesses to see how things can go wrong if one only looks at the big picture. My father started businesses that were great. The big picture was fantastic, but it was in the detail and in the execution that things went wrong. You must not be afraid to use your common sense. It's largely the elementary things that work. When I came up with the GRS or the gasket release system that saved our company, all I invented was just a hole in the lid, but the company would have gone bankrupt if not for that hole in the lid. And all it took was for common sense to fix the problem. These are the rules that are made TTK Prestige, a billion dollar company. If you like the story, why don't you read the book? I enjoyed writing this book and I'm sure you will enjoy reading it.